Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Do you ever feel stress, pain, anxiety, have trouble sleeping? Well, you know, today we are going to talk to one of my frequent guests, Dr. Daniel Lev, about how you can learn to use your mind to change your brain to change your mind. And if that doesn't sound confusing, I was confused at first too. But there's really a whole emerging science that is recognizing something that a lot of people have known for many, many years, that there are some ways that we can use our own internal thoughts to help ourselves, to really help to control not just some of the physical symptoms that we have, but also ways that our brains function. And to tell us more and explain, I have Dr. Daniel Lev back to the show. Thank you so much for coming back to join us. It's so great to be back. Really now, fabulous. I, I'm delighted to hear that, you know, you've had your, your practice, the Comfort Clinic, which is focusing on really helping people to learn to live with chronic pain, but find comfort in other areas of their life. You've had some successful books that have been published and have really helped a lot of folks. Where, when you think of these processes, as far as what we can tell people to do with chronic pain, there's a lot of folks who may not experience chronic pain, but can use some of the same modalities to really help them with other conditions. Yeah. How can you use your mind to change your brain to change your mind? Well, first, let me just say uh, that you described it aptly. Um, when uh, I'm a, a chronic pain psychologist, and one thing about people in chronic pain, they deal with all the same problems everybody does, stress, anxiety, sleep problems, low mood, all of that. So I, I'm basically acting like a generalist psychologist, working with everything. So that's why using these skills, even though they're helpful for people in pain, are obviously helpful for people in other problems because people in pain have those same problems. So um, what I mean by how to use your mind to change your brain, to change your mind. It's something I picked up from uh, uh, Dr. Daniel Siegel, who's a research psychologist at UCLA and who studies meditation and other practices. And, and what it means is our minds have different capacities, different things, ways we can use them. So one aspect of our mind is we can direct our attention. So if I use my mind to direct my attention, let's say to just following my breath, moving in and out, or sitting on a beach and just watching the waves come and go, or hanging out with a friend and having a nice conversation, but focusing on that, what happens inside is my brain and my nervous system start to change a little bit in that moment. I'm releasing wonderful um, chemicals, uh, hormones such as uh, dopamine and serotonin uh, goes up, and all kinds of really feel-good chemicals start getting released. And so that changes my brain. Uh, and when those things get released, my, another aspect of my mind, my ability to notice how I feel, I notice I'm feeling better. So I can use my mind to move my attention towards something good, changes me physically, and that physical change turns into a good feeling. That's the simple way to think about it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because there have been some scientific studies that have been really focusing on the brain, particularly doing studies and research in dementia, but also in other areas where we're trying to discover more about the anatomical areas of the brain that may correlate with different physical functions. Mm. And some of the things that they've found is they've done some studies looking at the anatomy 
and the brain of people who meditate a lot and people who do not. And they've physically seen changes in actual brain structure in people who are high meditators. They do different studies. They can look at it using regular MRI. They can do something called functional MRI mm -hmm. or even other types of blood flow scans, PET scans, etc. that are looking at enhanced blood flow in certain areas. So we're seeing neurologically in in different studies looking at it on an on a microscopic level exactly what you're saying exactly and actually uh you're quoting uh, a number of you know folks are doing that research there's a couple of fabulous books out by Daniel Goldman and Richard Davidson um and uh on the science of meditation and on something called uh uh, uh traits um altered traits. So basically what they find is what you were saying, but if you practice regularly for a good long time, those folks tend to actually have smaller amygdalas, which is a, a, an anxiety-provoking part of our, our brain, and other uh, enhances our, our prefrontal cortex uh, behind our forehead. And that helps us uh, control things better to keep ourselves calmer. It's amazing, but it, it does change the actual size of that part of the brain. And if you have a larger size of a certain area of the brain, there may be more neurologic activity in exactly, that area, exactly. which can therefore lead to that very concept that you're talking about, using your mind to change your brain physically, mm -hmm. to therefore change your thoughts, a.k.a. your mind. Change how, how you feel uh, afterwards. Um, uh, people with post-traumatic stress, same kind of thing. Um, a lot of the the um, basically, for lack of a better term, an ang the anxiety system, the parts of the brain that increase anxiety get larger or more sensitized. And so doing things like meditation, which is one skill, but it's a powerful skill, can help uh, people to bring more calm into their life. Now, what if you don't know how to meditate? I mean, people go and they get a coach for a variety of different things. You want to learn a new sport. You might go take tennis lessons. You might go take lessons in martial arts. Are there such things as meditation lessons? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, and the funny thing is, and the same thing with hypnosis, we are moving into those kind of states all the time. We just don't call it that. A mother uh, having a quiet moment to breastfeed her baby is going into a very light trance. You could say a meditative state where she's totally focused on her baby and the wonderful feelings. And then again, wonderful hormones are released. Uh, oxytocin, really nice, wonderful um, chemical can uh, reduce stress as well. So some of the natural things we do in life, even just, like I said, sitting at the beach and watching the waves. But yes, yeah, something very simple uh, way to describe it is you do two things when you're doing meditation, okay? One is you let go and relax. That means you put your body in a comfortable position and you purposely allow your body to relax in its own time. Don't force it. Same thing with your, your thinking, your thoughts. You relax your mind, meaning you don't purposely focus on the thoughts flowing through it. You kind of let it go as best you can. It's going to be challenging. So you let go and relax. And the second thing you do is you focus on something. Like I said, you can focus on your breath moving in and out of your belly. You can repeat a word again and again or a prayer. You can watch the waves come and go. So when you're letting go and relaxing and focusing on something, and every time you get distracted, because you will, thoughts or feelings or sounds will pull your mind away, you just gently bring it back. You don't have to get rid of the distractions. Just gently bring it back to what you're focusing on. And you do that for build up to about 20 minutes a day. You will start to notice some very interesting things happening for you. Now, you said 
build up so you start off maybe one or two minutes and then get yourself up to a good 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. What I usually do um, in my practice uh, is uh, I do an evaluation. We all do evaluations. But I always leave time at the end because I don't want to just take information from a person. I want to give them something. So I say, so let's do this little exercise. And we do it for five minutes. Uh, this particular one is called, I call it uh, mantra breath meditation. And essentially, you're feeling your breath going in and out of your belly. And you're saying one word quietly in your mind when the breath goes in and another word when it goes out. So usually it's something like, deeply calm. Something like that. And you just keep repeating and quietly in your mind, focusing on that. And after five minutes, I would say about 90, 95% of the people I work with have some positive feelings afterwards. I even do a little measurement with them. I call it the feel-good scale. Ten is, I feel great! And zero is, I feel horrible. So they'll give themselves a, a score along that, and they'll find that their numbers actually start going up after five minutes. And also, they, they don't even know it's five minutes. Sometimes it feels like two minutes or ten minutes. But at any rate, that's, uh, it can happen within a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of minutes, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is the director of the Comfort Clinic and author of several books on how to help people refocus their thoughts and deal with some of their physical symptoms and difficulties they may have. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about why people with anxiety may have an advantage. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with my friend and psychologist, Dr. Daniel Lev, and we're talking today about how you can really focus your mind to help change your brain, to help you to change your mind. It sounds like it would be extremely difficult, but there's a lot of studies to show that it's not just possible. It really does happen. Now, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about simple ways you can incorporate even just breath focus in a way to help relax yourself, maybe bring yourself into a more calm state, and possibly even improve your overall feeling of well-being. Now, we mentioned that sometimes it's hard for people, particularly those of us, and I am guilty at this, uh, the multitaskers, Mm -hmm. the ones who are doing two or three or four things, and they find themselves somewhat scattered in in all the things they want to get done. And yet some people who happen to have other conditions like anxiety have an advantage. Now, when I multitask too many times, that makes me anxious. But how can having anxiety, true anxiety, be an advantage when you're trying to do some of these practices? Well, it could be actually applied to a number of problems. But anxiety, I found in my practice, is a very powerful teacher. Because those of you out there who feel anxious and have a lot of anxious thoughts... You're very focused on them. You have developed your ability to focus your attention, almost laser beam. Unfortunately, the things you're focusing on are upsetting or making you feel tense and, of course, anxious. 
So what I found with a number of the people I've worked with, once they start using what I'm calling these internal uh, solutions like meditation or hypnosis, when they start using that, they have a little bit of an advantage. They already can focus their attention. Like one uh, fabulous uh, uh, guy I worked with who was a surfer, and he, um, he got into an anxious habit, unfortunately, and he couldn't go in the water because he had fears there might be some diseases and things like that. We worked together, and when he started using the meditation, he focused right down into it. And, you know, one thing we might talk about later if you want is what happens when you move into a meditative state. It's very beautiful. It's very, it fills you with a sense of confidence and calm. So he was able to get calm rather rapidly, and within a few months, he practiced this, and he was able to get himself back in the water and surfing again. Uh, and uh, the anxiety comes by every once in a while, but he has a way to deal with it, and that's what the skills are for. Like, again, in my practice I call the comfort clinic. My goal is to help people find ways to get more comfortable around these problems, and often they start fading away. Well, and I think, you know, years ago, I remember one of my mentors when I first started training had said one of the keys to being a race car driver, he was this older gentleman, wonderful, wonderful physician, but he had previously been a race car driver. And I went, really? And he brought in these pictures and it really was legit. And he said, you know, when you see an accident in front of you, you don't go look at at what the problem is. You direct your eyes to the path you want to take. Because when you do that, your whole body and your shoulders and all of you directs in that location. So, you know, when you're when you're looking at what you want to avoid, you're going to find yourself in it. And I mean, I, I'll be driving on the road, going to work, and I'll see a pothole and go, I really want to avoid that. And bam, somehow I'm in it. <laughs> so, you know, if you look at the, the good part of the road, which sometimes is hard to find, but if you look at the good part mm-hmm. of the smooth part of the road and you see, I need to focus on being in that direction, you can direct your whole body and your your mind and actually get yourself physically moving in that direction. So when I think about some of these processes that you're talking about, it seems like you're not saying to someone, you have to get over your anxiety. You're saying, let's work with your anxiety to focus, to put it in a direction that's positive for you so that we use the skills that you may have been focusing on in this case, in this gentleman you were working with on maybe bacteria or infection in Mm -hmm. the ocean. Mm -hmm. And focus on something else, like the the waves, the current, the, the sensation you get on a board, yeah. all those sorts of things where you head your thought and your mind to where you want to go, mm-hmm. not what you're trying to avoid. Well, actually, I don't work with the anxiety, which is funny. Just like I don't work with the pain, I work with the person, and I work with the person in changing their relationship to the problem. In this case, with anxiety, that's what we did. And it'd say, oh, look, it's just anxiety. He said, well, what happens if, oh, there it is again, it's just anxiety. Now, it's easy for me to say that, but working with him at the level of readiness he was at, and he was really ready, he wanted to get back in the water, uh, those things you mentioned uh, help him to develop a different perspective. Because actually, you know, I'm a rabbi, and so there's a great uh, rabbinic saying, um, it says, uh, whatever you're thinking, that's where you are. Wherever your attention is, that's where you are. And so uh, to help the person find ways to redirect the attention, but also to, to have some perspective and, and step back and, oh, look, there's those thoughts again, or there's that again. That's not me, and that's the difference. I'm working with the person. Say, let's connect with, the, with you because you are much 
bigger. Uh, you know, my book is called You Are Bigger Than the Pain. And I mean it. The per- we're all bigger than these problems. The problems are convincing us that we're not, and we actually are. So when you start working with someone who's having some of these difficulties, can you use some of those same processes? You know, we've talked a little bit about someone who might have anxiety. What about other situations like, like you mentioned, chronic pain or depression? How does that, how can somebody move from that direction towards working towards a healthier way to live their life that isn't held back by those conditions? Well, I'll say pain quickly because I've talked a lot about it on your show. But simply the way pain works is it's more about the nervous system. Uh, after a while, the whatever the injury or disease, it's trained our nervous systems to get hypersensitive. And so a lot of the strategy and a lot of what these skills do is to reduce uh, the sensitivity in the nervous system, and that turns into feeling better. With depression, um, similarly, um, and you know they found meditation and hypnosis very useful, as well as... Uh, positive socializing, exercise, all kinds of good stuff we do will change the brain and release things like uh, dopamine and other feel-good chemicals that help us move beyond that, the feeling of depression. And then you work with a therapist or yourself to start catching those negative thoughts. Oh, there's the depression again, trying to convince me that I'm a lousy person when I'm not. And because deep down, we know exactly what we need. And so at least from the psychological perspective I take, everybody is, is, has a core of just incredible strength and goodness. And we just work together uh, to help them get more and more contact with who they are because they are not the pain or the depression. They're much bigger than that. Just like you mentioned the individual who went back into the ocean, what are some of your memorable people that you've worked with over the years that have really uh, taken on this this challenge and found a way to succeed with all of their other circumstances they may have been dealing with. Oh, there's so many stories. Amazing people without, of course, giving away anything they can identify sure, them. Sure, right. Uh, Shutsky. Uh, just the other day, um, I was working uh, with a young man, uh, very anxious and kind of depressed after a major relationship breakup, which can depress any of us. And um, he had been practicing for a while and allowed uh, himself to move into that meditative state. And he had been doing it for about a month. And he comes in, and usually I'll ask people, what if you, what have you noticed, large or small, that's been happening that you want to see more of happening, even if it's a little bit? And he started talking about he's dating again and he's, you know, feeling better about himself. But one of the better ones, uh, a fellow who's in chronic pain and would have something uh, we know called a nerve ablation, had a medical procedure. And they're kind of temporary. And so I worked with him to help him do an internal nerve ablation, actually to imagine making the changes in that part of his spine himself. And he came out of it and he was like totally pain-free. Uh, Now, not everybody has that experience, but uh, he had been working for quite a while doing these practices, and and he started feeling better. But that was pretty – that actually happened today. That was pretty amazing. Um, Many people who are moving in one direction, and they start to shift the direction. Um, There's just so many stories. Well, I think people respond 
to hearing these stories, to saying, oh, that could be me. Oh, I want that to work for me, too. So with that in mind, how would people find you? Okay, well, one thing uh, I'll just uh, put a little promo for, again, my book is uh, You're Bigger Than the Pain. And in that book are 35 stories of these kinds of things happening with people dealing with mood and pain and various things like that. As far as finding me, I recently moved my practice from Haleiwa to Kailua. And so um, I am in Kailua from Tuesdays to Fridays. And then I'm in Honolulu one day on Mondays uh, down around Bishop Street. So if you need to um, or are interested in even just talking about me about this, uh, I'm at 808-633-6569. That's 808-633-6569. Or you can write me at the Comfort Doc, T-H-E-C-O-M-F-O-R-T-D-O-C at Gmail. You can also look uh, at my website to get more information, uh, which is called comfortclinic.org. So those are some ways you can contact me. All right. Well, we're going to be right back in touch after this quick break. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show, and I'm here with Dr. Daniel Lev, and we are talking today about ways to use our mind to change our brain to change our mind. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about some easy things that people can do at home to recognize some areas they may want to put their attention in or focus more and find some ways that they can really use some of these techniques, even in your everyday life, to improve how you go about your daily activities and what you enjoy the most. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a psychologist who is practicing in Kailua and also in downtown Honolulu, and he runs the Comfort Clinic, which is a clinic to help people to focus on things that make them feel good. It sounds, you know, uh, Dr. Lev, it sounds so simple, and yet I, I just somehow suspect that there is a lot more to it. When we think about, okay, so today I had a good day in one area, I'm just going to focus on that. I always wonder, is is it, I don't want to say ignoring it, but is not putting attention at some of the areas where you could improve a way of being in denial of some sort? How can you focus your attention on things that are good and yet not necessarily just avoid things you don't like and therefore not address areas Mm -hmm. where you might need to put more attention and focus to improve. So so I should tell you, I'm a little bit weird as a psychologist because there's certain what's become traditional concepts like denial I don't really buy. People really want to change. They may not be ready in the moment, but I understand what you're saying. There are a number of things when people are ready and, of course, going at your own pace, and that's the important thing. Um, so, for example, we've been talking a lot about these internal practices of meditation or hypnosis. And what I mentioned at the beginning of the show is even if you just give yourself five, ten minutes of peace to sit somewhere, 
close your eyes or you can look at something with your eyes if you want and focus on something as best you can, something neutral or positive. could be a picture or a song or whatever. And you, I work with one young woman. She's, she likes to listen to songs. So we got, she was up to five songs last time I talked with her as, as well as, as far as focusing her attention. So that's one way you can start to bring some calm and peace and get in contact with who you are on the inside. Uh, other things uh, more external are to do fun activities. And a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I just don't feel like it. And that's the hard part, getting yourself up and it's just go slow. If for you, a fun activity would be to walk around the block, but you have a hard time getting out the door, just walk up to the door. Okay, well, that's how far we got today. Tomorrow, maybe I'll go outside the door, but I won't go any further. You know, go at your own pace. Um, worked with another woman who had difficulties with that, and that's what she did. People are very wonderfully distracting, as long as they're really good people who care about you. So having more of a positive social connection, even on the phone, can be really helpful. Laughing, you know, whether you watch something on TV or whatever it is, laughter is incredible in helping raise your mood and moving you forward. Those are some things. Catching negative thoughts before they catch you. Oh, like I was saying about anxiety. Oh, there's the anxiety again. Okay. Uh, I call that... um, uh, you know, basically you catch it before it catches you. Uh, so those kinds of things are, are, are s- some of the examples of things you can do. But also there's specific things around, let's say, sleep. We had mentioned that earlier. And there are things you can do with sleep. A very simple but challenging one is if you're one of those tossers and turners, okay, and you feel you want to try something different but you have to dedicate yourself to doing it, is you do three things. You go to bed. After 20 minutes, if you're not asleep, number one, give up sleep. Do give not, up sleep. Do not try to go to sleep. Just give it up because it, you're gonna, it's a terrible struggle. Number two, uh, turn the clock around because most of us will watch the clock. But number three, this is the important one, rest in bed. I call this resting in bed. And what that means is practice meditation or hypnosis or listen to quiet music, something that you focus on all night long. So you're going to purposely focus your attention all night long. And according to one study, you actually, your brain looks like it's asleep, even though you're awake, but you get a lot of the benefits of sleep when you do that. Well, that sounds fascinating because a lot of folks are having a lot of trouble just getting sleep and feeling like they have enough hours and feeling restful. So it's helpful to know that even if you don't completely get into those sleep stages that we recognize as sleep, mm-hmm. that you might still get that benefit of the relaxation, mm-hmm. which I think is is crucial for people. Mm-hmm. Because I do think we live in a society of, of multitasking, electronic device, mm-hmm. attention grabbing, and also not getting enough physical rest and sleep. Yes. So or, that's one thing that to people that they can do. Or physical exercise. So doing something that fits your body, you don't want to overdo. But there is one other area I wanted to mention, which is annoying people. That, <laughs> that, we all know somebody who fits that, that category. That creates the quote-unquote mental illness in people. Uh, just seeing a woman now, and she finally left this person uh, after taking too much from him left him and and she's almost free of depression and anxiety. She's feeling so much better. So how to deal with annoying people is what I and many other psychologists can help people with and how you deal with them 
in moving through life in reducing the stress they cause in you. All right, we got about a minute left. How do I deal with annoying people? How do you deal? Uh, well, a simple, quick one is uh, as soon as they start talking, what I call toxic talk, you know, and it makes you feel bad, you turn around and walk away and go walk to something good. Don't just walk away. Go do something you enjoy. It's like soap. It washes off the, the cruddiness of their words. So that's, that's a, a quick one. It's not easy for everybody, and there's more sophisticated things. And, you know, give me a call, and I can talk to you more about that. <laughs> I want to give a list. Uh, I'm going to try that. If anybody who knows me says, you know, in the middle of me telling her something, she just got up and walked away. You are one of my annoying people. <laughs> so that's going to be the test. That's going to be how we figure that out. It has been fun, as always. I want to yeah. thank you for joining me today here on The Body Show and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you. And if people wanted to find you, you can be your website, The Comfort Clinic. Dot .org. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org as well. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us right on Facebook. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. It has been a pleasure to hear about how we can work on using our mind to change our brain to change our mind. I'm definitely going to try that, and I'll try not to walk away from folks. We (laughs) will see you right here on Monday on The Body Show. We'll see you then.